Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Isaiah chapter 40, I'll be reading several verses of scripture. I will read it from the King James Version. And if you could read it with me, that would be awesome. Isaiah chapter 40, we got it? Ready? Let's read. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, because the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. The grass withereth, flower fadeth but the word of our God shall stand forever you may have your seats this particular scripture happens to be my favorite scripture in the Bible just because the beauty the poetry the the language the artistry of how it's written And if you're anything like me, I I use my imagination a lot. So when words are spoken, I see images and pictures and movies and stills. And the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. It's so fitting that the songs we sang today lined up with the word of God. I'm not going to act like it was coincidence when we learned it in rehearsal and I knew I was preaching. I said, we got to sing that because God's word truly will stand forever. It's interesting at the beginning of this chapter, Isaiah's talking about what God has commanded him to do. Comfort, yes, comfort my people. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word 
of our God stands forever. That should be comforting to us. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out there, that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. I love the Bible because it is the living word. There are, I'm getting ahead of myself. There are three uh, ways that we can look at the word. There's the spoken word, there's the written word, and there's the living word. The spoken word, the written word, and the living word. We'll get into that later. But I love the Bible because you can quote something or you can say something in Genesis, and then, which is the Old Testament, and then in the New Testament, the prophets, the disciples, the holy men of God will refer to older scripture and it will manifest. Somebody say manifest. manifest. Now manifesting, I, this is not a part of my message, but manifesting is something that's become really big in our day and age. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of some of the new agers have kind of taken it on uh, that you manifest the life that you want. You manifest things, but, but, but they don't pray. They don't seek the Lord. They, they, they speak things that they want to happen. Like, I manifest I'm going to have a Mercedes. It's all about stuff. It's all about things. But, but, but what manifests in the life of the believer is the word. Manifest, I don't have my, my notes. I was writing it down in my Bible program. It gave me the Hebrew uh, term for manifest, and it gave me the Greek term. The Greek term for manifest meant to, to clean, to sift out, to sort out, to sift, to choose. And then in, in the Hebrew, it meant to, to reveal, to make apparent, to become visible. So what the word of God does, it becomes manifest in our lives. It, it sifts out, it, 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 it chooses, it cleans, it, it, it looks for the things that are in you that are not of God and it, and it sifts it and cleans it out. And then what it also does, it reveals what, what God wants to reveal in your life. It, it becomes alive in your life. The word becomes alive. The word became manifest. The word became flesh. So I love the Bible, once again, because it's all connected. It's living. Have you ever been reading the word and you got convicted? It's the living word. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. The word will cut and sift and poke and prod because God wants us to get it right. So... When it says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Isaiah is praying and prophesying. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. It is referring, he is referring to, in Luke, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the voice crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He prepared the way of the Lord because Jesus was his kinfolk. When they were in their mother's belly and they got in close proximity to one another, they leapt in the womb. 
It's important that you have divine connections and divine appointments in your life to know that God is truly in control. God is, God is ordering my steps. I am walking in the way of the Lord. I am doing what it is that he's called me to do because there are signs that I'm doing it. So in Luke chapter 1, verse 76, it talks about the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Every valley shall be exalted. The valley is the low place. And every mountain hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. For the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, made manifest, revealed, manifest, synonymous. And all flesh shall see it together, not just one race, not just one kind, not just one specific group of people, but it says, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. This talks about the frailty of man. We, we are only here for a few moments. When you look back over your life and you think things over, you can truly say, that went by fast. <laughs> I've been really young. And I've been as young as I am now. And I can truly say, life goes by fast. It talks about the frailty of man. Isaiah thinks of the beautiful green grass covering the hills of Judah after the winter rains. I, I think about us that we, we live in, in a place where we get to experience four seasons. When I was doing this devotion on, on Instagram and YouTube, you know, people watching all over the world, Californians, they only experience like one and a half seasons. You know, it's either summer or kind of fall. And half the time it's a drought. But we get to experience four seasons. So that's why this imagery became so potent to me because we can think about what happens. You can look outside right now. Some of the trees have already begun to change. Because the trees are letting us know the season that is about to approach. The season that we're about to walk into. The frailty of man is like the grass that withers. That dormant grass in your yard that just is a pain to you. That dormant grass, when we don't get rain, it's interesting how quickly the grass will turn tan and brown. But we can get one day of rain and man, the grass is all of a sudden green. The frailty of man is like the grass. It quickly dies and then the hills and the land is left brown and barren. All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. It talks about the beauty and the glory of man, the loveliness of man. It's like the flower in the field. Well, you know, flowers are very difficult to maintain. Can I get a witness? Can I get an amen? Anybody got a green thumb? Where y'all at? The green thumb people. Flowers are difficult to maintain. You got to speak life to them things. My wife got one. 
I mean, she's speaking to it, prophesying to it. I'm like, what is going on here? You're doing so well. I'm like, I'm, I'm like babe, I'm just watching TV. <laughs> she prophesying to the plant. The frailty of man, the, the glory of man, the beauty of man. Oh, you ain't going to be fine forever. You, I know you think you fine. As Shannon Sharp says, you think you fine as frong hair, but, but you ain't going to be fine forever. That was from Mike Mays. You ain't going to be fine forever. You ain't going to be tight and right forever. This is real talk. You are going to age. And things that used to sit up high. I won't go any further because you think you get it. <laughs> Even the beauty of man is fleeting and it passes as quickly as spring wildflowers. Dandelions sprout up all over the place. Some of y'all hate them. Weeds just sprout, pop up. And soon as the summer hits, you don't even see. Do you see the little sunflowers in the grass anymore? No, we don't see them. Because beauty is fleeting. All flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. Because the Lord breathes upon it. The breath of the Lord bloweth upon it. Then it says, surely the people are grass. Surely the people are grass. You won't be here forever. The grass withers. The flower fades. People come, people go. Kingdoms rise. Kingdoms fall. As long as the earth remains, folks are going to grow and folks are going to leave. But the word of God But the word of God, the word of our God stands forever. The word of our God stands forever. This talks about the permanence of God and his word, the permanence of God and his word in contrast to the frailty and the fleetingness of the beauty, glory and splendor of man. The grass withers, the flower fades. Can I give you some biblical facts? Can I give you some biblical facts? The word of our God has endured for many, many years. It has survived centuries of manual transcription, of persecution, of ever-changing philosophies, of all kinds of critics, of neglect in both the pulpit and the pew of doubt and disbelief, and still, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, and still, the word of our God stands forever. Can I give you one more? Can I give you another one? And still, the word of our God stands forever. Let me give you a few more, because I don't want you to leave and think all we did was worship. 
Number two, the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. The Bible is written on material that perishes. This book can, I mean, if you light it on fire, it's going to burn up. <laughs> but the word of our God, I already told you there is the spoken word, there's the written word, and there is the living word. You may burn up the scripture. You may burn up the written word, but there's still the spoken word. I feel like preaching. There's still the spoken word and the living word. We sing a song that says no one can beat him. No one can kill him. No one can dethrone him. Why? Because he stands forever. The Bible is written on perishable materials. This thing right here. One strong flip where you're praying and fasting. Oh, Father, you, the tears get wet. You rip the Bible. That doesn't, oh, my God, I'm going to be cursed. No, because the word is living. <laughs> the Bible had to be copied and recopied for hundreds and hundreds of years before the invention of the printing press. They used to write down the word. They used to, they used to hammer the word in stone. They used to etch the word in stone. But it did not diminish its style. The Bible don't go out of style. The Bible is a staple piece. All right? Staple piece. Some of y'all rock statement pieces and then you keep wearing it every Sunday. Like, brother, you wore that last week. But when you have a staple, black suit, brown suit, gray suit, you can wear that and change your T-shirt. We, man, how many suits you got, man? Because it's a staple. It, it never goes out of style. Different styles, the correctness, nor the existence of other people, other theologies, could change the Bible. The Bible compared with other ancient writings, here we go. The Bible compared with other ancient writings has more manuscript evidence than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. The Bible compared with other ancient writings, there are others. We do believe that there are others. But the Bible has more evidence than any 10 pieces of classical literature combined. Somebody say the evidence. You wanna know why? Because God's word stands forever. You know, I went on this, like, you know, TikTok binge, this guy, I can't remember his name, but he goes to the Middle East, and he goes to search out the artifacts. When it talked about how God destroyed Babylon, you can literally go right now. I promise you, I felt the Holy Spirit through this TikTok video. You can still see sulfur balls right now. Right now, you can go and see the evidence of how Babylon was destroyed. You can go and see artifacts of Noah's Ark. Y'all think I'm lying. I don't know why y'all... Th th this thing is true. 
The word of God is true. Friends of mine that, that would go to Israel and they would go to the Wailing Wall and they would just step. And it's not because the Wailing Wall is more anointed than any other place. But it was like, man, Jesus was here. Immediately, they begin to be overwhelmed with the presence of God because he's real. I got two more, two more facts for you. Two more facts. In AD 303, in AD 303, the Roman emperor, Roman emperor Diocletian, I think that's how you say his name, demanded that every copy of the scriptures in the Roman Empire be burned. He failed. He failed. And 25 years later, the Roman Empire Constantine commissioned a scholar named Eusebius to prepare 50 copies of the Bible at the government's expense. Even when man tries to destroy the word, God will raise up somebody else. <laughs> I feel the power of God in here. God will raise up somebody else to prepare 50 copies at the government's expense. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Here's my last biblical fact and we go home. Voltaire, the French skeptic and infidel who died in 1778, said, watch how crazy this is, said that a hundred years from his time, Christianity would be swept from existence and passed into history. Anybody do, anybody got quick math? 1778 plus 100. Anybody, anybody know? 1778 plus 100. My brother, your math was wrong because guess what? The word of God stands forever. <laughs> it stands forever. He said Christianity would be swept from existence and passed into history and that the Bible would be a forgotten book. And many years after his death, the Geneva Bible Society used his press and his house to produce stacks of Bibles. You better watch what you say to me. You better be careful who you, what you say around certain people because God will use your stuff. He'll come in your house and print the next generation's Bibles. You better be careful when you put your mouth on God's word because it stands forever. It stands forever. It stands forever. This scripture is so powerful that even it was referenced in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. And the Bible says, since you have been purified, your souls in obeying the truth of the spirit, in sincere love of brethren, love one another fervently. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Verse 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's interesting. He's requoting what the prophet Isaiah said. Verse 24, because all flesh is grass. He's saying it again. And all the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flowers fall away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. This, this, 
This, this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. This is the word. The word is true. The word stands forever. You need to start believing the word. You need to start believing the word. John 1.1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word. The word has always been here. The word has always been with us. The word will always be. The word was good back then. The word was good 100 years ago. The word is good now. The word is still going to be good in the future. The word is going to endure forever. Some of you are walking around here upset because a prophet gave you a word. But he gave you his word. There are true men and women of God that have prophesied into your life and you have a bitterness and, and distaste for prophets because someone prophesied something to you out of their flesh and you held on to it and you didn't see if it lined up with the word. But I came to encourage you to hold on to the word of God because his word is true. You don't believe me. The Bible says in, in Isaiah chapter 55, I, I, I'm going to go through all of this. Because we're at church, we read the Bible. Isaiah 55, I'll start at the beginning and then it'll get good to you later. Ho, everyone who thirst, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. I'm closing, musicians, you can come. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? and your wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David, indeed I have given him as a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the people. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know and nations who do not know you shall run to you because the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse eight, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10, it's about, you, you're about to shout in a minute. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, so shall my word be that go forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing in which I sent it. God is saying, 
What I say does not come down and does not return to me void. Of course we know. Those of us that understand photosynthesis and the process of rain and condensation and humidity. Yes, the clouds formulate and the rain falls and it waters the earth. But then once it waters the earth, there is a puddle or a pond that formulates. And then that rain, after it did what it needed to do and watered the plants and the seeds that you've already sown, then that water is evaporated and goes back up into the clouds for another turn. So the water does not come down and does not just lay dormant and does not water the grass and does not make your flower is beautiful and does not help our grass become green, but the water does what it was intended and designed to do. This is what God is saying to his people. Don't just think my word comes down here and preachers are preaching good messages that make you feel good and does not change your life. For my word shall not return to me void. It will make something bring forth and bud and now it shall spring forth you have to believe that when a word is spoken over your life and it lines up with the word of god it's going to take root it's going to water the seeds that god has planted in your heart and it will bring forth fruit in due season so shall my word be that goes from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what i please not what you please his word does not accomplish what you please but his word accomplishes what he pleases and it shall prosper somebody say it's going to prosper the word of God is going to prosper in my life. I don't know about you, but I'm about to walk into my winning season because his word has taken root in my life. His word fell on good soil and his word came down and it watered me. It rained down on me. The Bible says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of rain when the seed has been planted. That's when you ask God for rain because I know your word will not return to you void. Your word will not return to you void, but it shall prosper in the thing for which you sent it. Your word stands forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, life is fleeting, life is but a vapor, but God, your word will stand forever. No matter what people do to the Bible, no matter what people tried to do to you, they hung you on the cross, they nailed you, they pierced you in your side, they beat you with a cat of nine tails to your flesh and your organs were exposed, but you still live. You got up from the grave. You did not die. You did not stay in the grave. You did not stay in that lonely place, but you got up with all power in your hands. I believe what your word says. I believe what your word says. I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on the promises of God. Even when I don't see it, I know that you're working. Even when I don't see the seed growing, you may look at the seed, but deep down, the roots are spreading. The roots are expanding. The roots are getting deeper. The roots are going lower. The roots are going to the innermost parts. Sometimes that word has to develop in you before you see it manifest in your life. Some of you got to stay in the dark room a little while longer. They take that polar word picture and they get to waving it. And you know waving it don't make it develop any faster. We just do this because, you know, some of us, <laughs> we just saw people do it. And you, you can, you just, girl, let me be ready in about five minutes. And you shaking that thing. You need to leave that thing in the dark place. 
you need to leave that thing. The photographers have this thing called the red room. And they take a picture. And they have film and they leave the film in the red room. And the red room helps the image develop. See, we got iPhones and stuff now. Now you, you take a picture and you just, oh yeah, look, look at y'all. <laughs> look at y'all, look. Boom. Look, look, I t look. No, we, in the kingdom it doesn't work like that. In the kingdom it doesn't work like that. You, you take the picture and then God has to hide you. Picture, picture is taken and it's hidden. It's hidden in a dark place. So you can be developed. So God, can, so God can develop you. So God can do some things in your life. So the blessing that he's trying to get to you, you don't forfeit the blessing trying to rush the process. We are his masterpiece. The Bible says, you are the potter. We are the clay. It takes time. Pottery takes time. You ever seen a baby go to one of those pottery classes or they come back from school and they had a coffee mugs. I remember I did this. And it, man, it was ugly. <laughs> we only had a limited time. But God takes his time when he's, when he's shaping you. He takes his time when he's molding you. He takes his time. He, you know, pottery is, is, is kind of messy. Your, your hands get dirty because it's intimate. You got to sit in a particular way and ensure as it's spinning, I don't know the proper term, as it's spinning, you shape it. And then some of them have different tools to put different contours and different things. And God has given you different gifts and different talents and different abilities. And this piece of pottery doesn't look like this one that he created. But they're all important because he created them. See, a masterpiece takes time. So you, you have to be willing for God to truly develop you because you're a masterpiece. And you don't want any product that is rushed. Because what man does is they rush things out so they can make a profit. And then they have what's called a recall. There are no recalls in the kingdom. I feel the spirit of God in here. There are no recalls in the kingdom. When God truly does a work. We're talking about the anointing now. You're, you're going to walk in your anointing when you allow God to do it. When you wait on man to do it, you'll always search for the approval of man. And anytime man does not see you, you'll go from church to church, Facebook page to Facebook page, so you can be ordained. When you're ill-prepared, you haven't been through anything. God hasn't refined you. You haven't been through the fire. <laughs> you, God hasn't taken you through some things. The Bible says the testing of your faith produces what? It produces endurance. We got to endure in this time. The Bible says the word of the Lord endures in 1 Peter. That's how Peter said it. The word of God endures forever. The word has endured some things. You got to let God take his time on you. Because his word is true. And I believe what he said. Yeah. I believe what he says. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe what it says. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. You got to get that bitterness out of your heart, one of God. That bitterness that's in your heart for prophetic words, for prophets. God uses real prophets. Don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. God wants to make you better. God, God wants to get that thing to you. It just may take time. For some people, it may take a year. For some people, it may take eight years. For some people, it may take 25 years. For some people, it may take 30 years. For some people, it may take 15 years. It took David around 15 to 17 years from the prophecy, from the time that he was anointed king to the time that he walked into king. Then he ran from, from Saul for another seven or so years. God is trying to develop in you his word so it can take root in your heart. Because I believe what it says. You know, I was telling, I was telling some people that when I'm, when I'm learning a song, in the beginning stage of me learning the song, the song is not really in my spirit yet because I'm learning it. I'm trying to get the words right. I'm trying to get the format right. I'm trying to get, okay, do we sing it this part four times? We sing this part seven times? Sometimes y'all see me look over to our musical director because I want to ensure that I do it right. But the song is not in my spirit yet while I'm learning it. But then once I learn it, something happens. Now that I know it, it gets in my spirit. And then I begin to sing the song and I start to believe it. It's the same thing with the word. Sometimes you read scripture and you don't understand yet. You got to get you some Bible programs. You got to get you some wise counsel where you can ask questions. And, and then as you begin to recite and pray, God, pray to God for inspiration, revelation, interpretation, that thing will begin to take root in you. You begin to say, my God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. It won't go from a nursery rhyme. But God so loved the world that he gave his. It'll, it'll go from for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what happens when the word takes root in your life. When you begin to recite the word. Thine word have I hidden in my heart so I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure by taking heed to the word of God? When you take heed, that means the word is in you. It's difficult to fall into seasons of temptation and suffering and sin when the word is in you. It's difficult to sin when you've been praying and fasting. You, you, you see things differently. You see things differently. Your discernment is kicked up a notch. That's why we're moving into a season of praying and fasting. Because we have to go to another level. We have to go to another level. We have to start truly believing what the word of God says. It stands forever. His word stands forever. It stands forever. His word stands forever. His word stands forever. His word stands forever. His word stands forever. 
God does the same thing in the scriptures. Anytime God is trying to really, really get us to, to grab a hold of something, he repeats it several times. His word stands forever. It's not a coincidence that Isaiah prophesied that the grass withers the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. And then Peter comes back in the New Testament and says the same thing. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that there was a prophecy that happened that said there's a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And then John the Baptist was that voice that cried out in the wilderness. His father, Zacharias, actually prophesied his life. Parents, you got to begin to speak life. How do you speak life? Well, I don't know what to say. Speak the word. Because the word of God breathes life. Speak the name of Jesus. Because he's the living word. And he says, come to me and I will give you life. Life. God spoke the word. And things were created. Things began to appear because he spoke. Speak the word. I want to pray for you, everyone. Bow your heads. Stand to your feet. Lift your hands. Yes, Jesus. Hey, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree your word and we believe your word. Your word stands forever. Your word stands forever. We decree your word. We believe your word. Help us believe your word. Help us believe your word. Write the word on the tablet of our hearts. We write the word on the tablet of our hearts, God. We receive your word, God, yes. We receive your word. It is a word of healing. It is a word of restoration. It is a word of deliverance. It is a word of victory. It is a word of peace. It is a word of. It is a word of. We receive your word, oh God, oh God. We receive the word, oh God, oh God. Build us up in our spirit, God. Build us up in our spirits, God. Build us up in our inner man. Help us to pray longer than five minutes, God. Help us to study your word longer than 10 minutes, God. Help us to dig and eat this word longer than 15 minutes, God. Help us to have a love for your word, God.
is the only thing that has stood the test of time and has not been defeated. God, we can't live without your word. We need your word. We need your word. We need your word. So God, fill us again. Fill us again. Fill us afresh, God. A fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. New wine. Fresh oil. New wine. New anointing. Greater anointing. You won't do it like you did it in the past, God. You'll do something new. You're doing a new thing. God, you're doing a new thing. Let us hold fast to the new thing. Let us take grasp of the new thing. Let us walk in the new thing. Let us not fight the new thing. Because God, you're doing a new thing in the spirit, God. Doing a new thing in the spirit, God. Feel us again. If you're in this room and you're not saved, if you're in this room and you're not saved and you're backslidden, I want you to raise your hand, raise your hand high. Amen. Those of you that may be watching, I just want to pray for you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would come to the knowledge of who Jesus is. I pray that you had a visitation in your room, in your car in your prayer closet, in the bathroom, wherever it is that you're watching this, on Instagram, you may even be at work watching this later. I pray that you have an encounter with God that rocks your world, that shakes your life, that you come to realize that Jesus is the true and living Son of God. I pray that you would accept him as Savior and Lord. I pray that you would accept him as Savior and Lord, that he has lordship over your life. For there's a great call, there's a great plan. There is destiny, there is future, there is promise for you. I pray that you would walk in the fullness of who God is. I pray that you would have an encounter that would shift and rock the trajectory and course of your life. I pray that God would snatch you out of that horrible pit. He would snatch you out of that horrible place. He would snatch you out of depression. He would snatch you out of suicidal thoughts. He would snatch you out of anxiety. He would snatch you out of weary. He would snatch you out of sickness and disease. Because he's a healer. And he wants to wrap his loving arms around you. That is my prayer for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.